This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Party people in the place to be. Welcome back to Nerds from the Underground. I am, of course, Johnny, and joining me is always. It's Fred. It's Fred. Hey, Fred. <laughs> we got some cool shit on the table tonight, man. Why don't you tell the good people listening what we have in store for them? Well, for this episode of Nerds from the Underground, we have East of West by Jonathan Hickman, artist Nick Dragota, and we also have. The Eisner Award nominee. Was it the winner? I'd be pissed if it didn't win, man. Like, this is... I mean, it's a beautiful book. If it got beat, it better have gotten (laughs) beat by something epical, like something Jeff Lemire wrote or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 obviously, yeah. But it's uh, Grass Kings Volume 1, written by Matt Kent and art by Tyler Jenkins. Right, right. So, once again, we're kind of coming at you with Masterpiece Theater. Like, Grass Kings is obviously a book that Fred and I care very much for but on top of that east of west is what i consider to be the best comic book of the past 10 years i even like this book better than deadly class so that's saying a lot and with that fred you want to kind of want to kind of get into east of west yeah absolutely let's get it well there's no real solicit on this book but there is a great quote it says we would tell you to pray but it wouldn't do any good you have earned what is coming to you and this is east of west written of course by mr jonathan hickman with art by nick dragota colors by frank martin and lettering by russ wooden published by image comics if you read jonathan hickman books you know what you're in for a history lesson so you'll probably need pen and paper to write down all this stuff because he throws a lot at you but once you get it figured out you'll be like holy crap this is amazing because he kind of just drops you into the world but i should say before we get started on that that this isn't the first time that i know these two work together because i believe that they were on uh, the marvel fantastic four together as well dragota and hickman so i think he picked the right guy for this book yeah i mean i don't I know very few people yeah. that draw sci-fi as exceptional as Nick Dragota does in this book. And like, there are other image guys like Jerome Opina on Seven to Eternity. Like That's the only other stuff that I've seen that comes close to just the graphic beauty of this book. But this book is beautiful. I think, you know, since we might be talking to people that never have read this book, maybe we should give them a little history lesson or how this world breaks down. So if they do open up the book, they don't feel lost like the first time reader or something, you know. Right, because this this takes alternative history to all kinds of weird places. This is a fictionalized version of the evolved United States but in a completely odd and twisted way at its very end, because this book is about the alternate history of the end of the world. And you go ahead and take it away, Fred. Yeah, I, I guess what you can expect in this book is a lot of like politics, some religious fanaticism in a way. And this book really like challenges like morals of people. But this world, like Johnny says, it, it's a sci-fi Western setting built in like the like you mentioned, the world has ended. And I think I believe the opening pages we meet the three of the four horsemen right right they are coming back angry because as you soon kind of learn death had screwed them over they were actually supposed to bring the apocalypse sooner but hey death Uh death fell in love and had a kid and that's kind of 
kind of like the big setup for what's going on. Right. And mentioning kids, what's funny about that is, is those three are kids, but Death is a grown adult. <laughs> You'll meet him later, and Death pretty much kicks ass the whole book. Cause he's a gunslinger, which is really cool. But the, this world is built up in like six factions. I believe the factions were uh, the Union Confederacy, the Chinese exiles, the African slaves, the Native Americans, the Republic of Texas, and the Texas Separatists. Does that sound right? Yeah, that sounds right. And they're all at each other's throats. Some pretend to be friendly while trying to be at the other one's throats, while others just mm. are playing out for themselves, which really sets a really neat dynamic right off the bat as soon as you start meeting these characters, which you will see a lot of them. But mm. like me and Fred were talking about before the show, the very interesting thing about this book is that the world itself is the main character of the book. You need to understand it more than you need any of the characters. It's quite different in its narrative. I've, I've seen books where the world was a character, but I've never seen one where it was the main character and took over the entire story. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think in, in the beginning, I didn't know that, you know, we got what, uh, War, Famine, and Conquest were the first three characters that we meet. And, you know, they're having the discussion and it, it was pretty brutal. But then when we meet Death, further you know a few pages past and to see the stuff that he did man death he brings it the whole issue i think when didn't he meet wasn't it the president of the white was it the white is that what they called it the white tower you know where he meets like the president and he like the guy in charge he took he took out like everyone and he was gonna like tell him to i think he said something to the effect that he was gonna watch yourself or something and the picture and stuff basically like there's nothing to watch you need to watch yourself because then when you see all these bodies scattered everywhere man it's it's gangster <laughs> and that's just the start man like yeah. this book he kind of travels around and you see a little bit of history you see like his wife who becomes basically the empress of the chinese exiles in san francisco and you mm -hmm. kind of find out about her imprisonment and you get to just these really awesome kung fu sequences between her and the other three horsemen and then of course when she she takes control over the army it's just it's really violent, very brutal, just very well done. The it just excitement and just explodes right off the page. Yeah, it's a it's a adrenaline rush right from the beginning. Whether it's the bar scene in the beginning where Death is in there with his his lackeys, I forgot what their names were. Uh, was it Wolf? Was it what? Uh, Crow. Wolf right? and Crow. Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I mean, I thought those. Those characters were interesting because they're kind of like witches, right? Wolf and Crow are actually two of the most awesome characters in the book, especially Wolf. He ends up becoming very, very important in later books, even to the point where he might actually have to come against death eventually. So, yeah, he's very powerful. He's actually royalty of from the Native Americans. He's just kind of mm. is out on his own, you know, trying to find his own path because, you know, that's something that you need to do in these kind of stories. And... Yeah, if you keep on reading, Wolf is, is badass. Like, he's one of the coolest characters in the story. And you know what else is badass? Is, like, I have a feeling, like, the book was built off the message between the, the original two people that happened to pass away that we meet in the beginning of the book, right? Uh, wasn't he 
wasn't it that Asian guy and who, who was the other guy do oh, and the message and to this book is, you know, like they're refraining, like these seven nations are refraining from telling the people the truth and stuff. And it happens a lot, like like modern day politics. So I feel like uh, Hickman was like throwing shade at a lot of different people with this book. When it first came out, we were still dealing with the W years, you know what I mean? So there was a lot of, right. of course, it was covered. It was shaded. Um, shade that he was throwing at him with this book. It it's not as open as say like some of the stuff that Brian Wood wrote, but it was very clear the message that he was sending. And yeah, he kind of has kept it going since the book has entered into other terms of presidency. And if you look for it, there's some very very smart mouth messages in it that mm. I completely love you know what i mean like his books all about how the world and people in the world pretend that we care about one another but we really just you know want to see somebody else fall so we can take their stuff which it's not true about everybody but as far as politicians and government goes that seems to kind of be modus operandi number one so i i think that there's a lot of weight behind what this book says even though it doesn't come out and scream it at you it, it's nice and thinly veiled but it's there and it, it's it's really well done right so if i asked you what is your favorite part about this book like if you were going to sell somebody on picking up this book what would you What's your go-to for that? The um, fact that it's such a high-concept sci-fi idea that blends so many genres I love together. You got the kung fu. You got the super high-tech sci-fi with the Native Americans. You got the kind of soul cinema thing going on when they go to the African-American nation. Uh, it just it blends like all my kind of favorite kind of films together. The book's got this unbeatable punk rock spirit. It's just angry, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yelling about what it perceives is fucked up about the world in its own way and it's just drawn so beautifully and it's so coherent and there's not really been another comic book like it at least published by an american company this really reminds me of stuff that you'd see from europe out of guys like inky Balal or mobius this is more like you know some high concept european stuff way more than i would ever expect to see from you know your average american comic book so those are my big selling points on it my big selling point might be like death bell solomon I kind of like him in his evil Colonel Sanders way, I guess. Um, and then oh, he's a wonderful villain. Yeah, he is. He, yeah. he, he owns it. He he's written very well. You you can't help but be charmed a little bit by his malevolence. Yeah, he seems like he's like one of those guys, like from the movie, like there will there will be blood. Like he's one of those guys. But also the other thing that I want to say is like the quotes and the messages in this book with the, like the triangles parts uh, to get it feels like they're pulling you through. Like you get bits and pieces of the message that the original authors came up with and they're keeping away from these people in this world and i thought that was cool too like and that's what draws you in uh draws me in because i'm kind of like a like a history buff and things like that so when i saw like those pages i'm wait at first i was like wait is he telling us something so then i started reading them all together and i was like wait this is like i think this is the message and i'm going with that <laughs> But yeah, that's probably some of my favorite parts of the book. Besides the art, the art, like like we mentioned, like Wolf and Crow and Death, the panels with those three, 
I love those panels a lot. Oh, wait till the other three horsemen start growing up in later books. Their designs get cooler and cooler because they grow a little bit more rapid than like a normal person. So by now they're almost like fully grown. And mm-hmm. yeah, they, they just kind of get cooler and cooler. Like their design gets crazier and crazier. So like, yeah, pretty much everybody's got a really kind of neat stylized look to them, which really kind of helps because and sometimes you don't want to look at like characters that look the same all the time and you will not get that in this book everybody looks different one thing i will say though is just be ready for a lot of gore because there's quite a bit of it in this book there's bodies hit the floor all the time it's crazy well your main protagonist in it is the horseman death so yeah. i guess you could call him the main protagonist yeah, yeah he's the main protagonist because like he's trying to save his kid and He's, mm-hmm. he's actually trying to save the world, kind of. He's the only guy that seems to even want to try to do right. it. So <laughs> that, that's pretty awesome. You know, when I when I read this, like the original feel I had for Death was like he was like this Clint Eastwood type character. That's what I got from him. Like, the, you know, that's how I picture him when I read him. Like, that's Clint Eastwood. So I see Sam Elliott without his mustache. Okay, I could see that too. Oh. <laughs> But you're right. He he. I would see him a little more soft-spoken. You know, kind of Clint Eastwood style. Got the kind of you know soft, gruff voice instead yeah. of. And Sam Elliott was a little louder, little kind of. Yeah, a little twangier. Twangier, shoutier. He'd get yelly sometimes when he, when he got really pissed. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that. But yeah, this book, I still haven't read The Last Trade. I'm waiting for that to come out. I don't even know how this damn thing ends yet, so I'm really excited for that still. hate to see it go, but can't wait to see how it ends, man. That's the tragic thing about great comics. One more question. like, What other Hickman indie stuff would you recommend? Pretty much all of his stuff. I mean, like, I I became a fan of his. I went into a comic book store. They didn't really have stuff that I was interested in. So I was like, dude, you got any recommendations? And he, the guy said, like, have you read Nightly News? And I'm like, no, that sounds kind of lame. And he showed it to me. And I was like, whatever, I'll get it. And then I read it. And I was blown away. And then... um. Since then, I've just been a Jonathan Hickman fan. Let's see, Transhuman, it's a little spoofy. You could, you could probably live happily without checking that one out. And I'd say you can skip Red Master Mars because it's it's not as long as it needs to be, and it seems like a kind of rush story. But Pax Romana, uh, Nightly News, Secret, Manhattan Projects, Black Monday Murders, like all that stuff's must-read stuff, in my opinion. Like, he's lit. If you're going to skip any of his stuff, mostly his Marvel work, I wouldn't really recommend like secret warriors or those too much like the only marvel book of his i'd really put a hard sell on is his shield that was actually really good that was written like one of his image books so yeah all right next up we have grass kings written by matt kent illustrated by tyler jenkins lettered by jim campbell and cover by tyler jenkins all right. From the New York Times bestselling writer Matt Kent, mind management and artist Tyler Jenkins, Peter Panzerfaust, comes the critically acclaimed rural mystery series chronicling the tragic lives of the Grass Kings, three brothers and rulers of self-sufficient trailer park kingdom, a fiefdom of the hopeless and lost seeking a promised land. The Grass Kingdom is run by the middle brother, Robert, who has been grief-stricken since losing his daughter six years ago, when a mysterious young woman flees to their community in search of 
safety, Robert takes her in, and her true identity comes to light. Robert must decide if his chance at atonement is worth risking the entire kingdom. Wow. <laughs> you know, that solicit basically, like, explained the whole book. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, and it didn't even do it poetic. They, they needed to get that guy that wrote that um really beautiful solicit for Essex County to do that. Like, I'm, that guy should write every solicit ever, in my opinion. Yeah. But one thing that it kind of leaves out is like this book a little more smarter than the that solicit made it out to be because the whole three brothers thing it yeah, really yeah. kind of reminded me of the Shakespearean play King Lear, which I thought was a really neat way to you know kind of take something that's so high society, you know, like a Shakespearean story, and then put it in a trailer park you know that's it's, mm-hmm. i thought that that was actually a pretty neat thing and i figured that would be worth mentioning in a solicit yeah exactly i will tell you the first time i read this i think was a few months ago i think i was in the hospital with my son and i was like you know i'm i bring comic books with trades with me i think it's when we first met and you said oh dude this book is so badass and i was like oh okay yeah okay but you know people always tell me like books are badass well, when I opened this up, I didn't stop until I finished that. And that's hard for me to do. Like, most books, I take breaks in between. Especially, like, the Hickman book we just did. <laughs> I took a few breaks. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. But this one, like, ran so smoothly. You know, maybe it's because it's, like a, you mentioned, it's like a trailer park and things. I think it takes place in, like, Canada. You seem to think it's what? Kentucky. It reminded me of yeah, where I was in Kentucky until you pointed out that like they had hockey sticks and I'm like, yeah, true, they'd have shotguns in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I don't know many people in Kentucky, but what I can tell you about trailer parks is that they they all have summer teeth. Do you know what that is? <laughs> no. Summer teeth. There's summer here, summer there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you could tell that that's where the toothbrush was invented, because if it was anywhere else, it would be called a teeth brush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But what I will say about this book is, you know, I thought, like, you, is the brother, the drunk brother, is his name Robert? He, he's the one that wears, like, the wife beater, and he's the one sitting out on the porch and stuff, and he's the one that finds her in the lake, right? The river, whatever, what has you. Right. Yeah, I really, yeah. like, I fell for like his story and i often wondered like in the beginning they play a lot of the native american culture stuff at the end of each issue and these characters are reliving things that happened in those events which i thought was really cool because at the end you come to find out who robert is who he was with and things like that and i was like oh this book is so badass and after I read this book, I instantly bought, I think, two and three. And this book is amazing. Um, some people might be put off by Tyler Jenkins' art. I will say that. But I'm used to reading it or seeing it because he also did Black Badge with him. And I thought that was pretty decent, too. And and he's also doing that uh, W. Tyler Jenkins can draw pretty normally. See, he's just doing art like this because he's working with Kent. And he's trying to make right. his art actually look like Matt Kent's art, which I think is great. Because like Jeff Lemire, I love when Matt Kent draws his own comics. And when Jenkins does the art with him, it almost looks enough like Kent's own art that it almost hits on that same level. No, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's not for everyone like but i mean if you're reading indie comics you're probably interested in all different forms of art you're not just used to like the big two where these guys all draw guys and they're so used to drawing like muscle men 
built men and stuff. I mean, these guys are, they're like us. They put their pants on one leg at a time, I guess. But yeah, man, I, I enjoy this book a lot. And I love the whole dialogue. Kent's storytelling, the way that he just flows so well. And maybe I'm just a fanboy of his because he's just a lot like Jeff Lemire. I mean, he's not quite Jeff Lemire, but he's almost there for me. And I don't think I've ever read anything bad by him. Matt Kent? No, I... Even his superhero stuff he did for Valiant, every bit of that that I've read has been stellar. I've enjoyed everything that he's done. Yeah, when you told me that you hadn't read this before and that you were such a huge Jeff Lemire fan, I'm like, well, you got to jump on this one because it's probably kind of the closest to a Lemire book that Kent's actually done that he didn't work on with him. No, I get that because like the dialogue between like the characters, the people from the different trailer parks, and the interactions is so much... It, it, it rivals like a Jeff Lemire type of storytelling. I mean, just from the get-go, like the beginning where they catch the guy from the other side and he's sitting in the back of the police vehicle and they're having interactions with each other from city folk and stuff like that, that I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. It's really cool to see like some off the grid stuff. I mean, you can, you can see like, I'm sure you see a lot of the stuff in Oklahoma. <laughs> see what I did there. Well, not, not <laughs> as, not as nice and as open and friendly. Okay. Like, in Oklahoma, like it, 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 they would be nice to you as long as you were white at the at this place. You know what I mean? Like and Matt Kent's version, it's like open for everybody, and it's a nice kind of almost hippie commune in a way. You know what I mean? With mm-hmm. all the different types of people that are allowed. So in a way, but like yeah, it's just you know, it's the worst case scenario of it here. Yeah, and then like tragically. <laughs> And I will say at the end where these guys show up and stuff and then it all goes down, It's it has a lot of adrenaline in this book as well, I would say. Especially like I, I mentioned to you off air before we started that I had a lot of like Hatfield McCoy's feel to it for me, just how things were going down. But yeah, I, I love this book a lot, man. It's one of my favorite books. Well, yeah, because at the heart of this thing, it is, a, it is a crime drama. You know what I mean? So there is going to definitely be some of that. Have you read the other two? I have yet to finish those. Well, I've read, Um, I got the first two trades. I think that that has, I think that gets me all the way up to issue 16 of it yeah well i mean i got the two hardbounds that they put out the the white one and the black one i think there might be a third one out so do you have it you happen to have a favorite part of this book i'd probably have to say just kind of the weird catharsis that robert goes through with the girl and understanding about his daughter i thought that that was actually really powerfully written and very well done in the book i think that that's where most of the emotional content Hmm. that hit me really hard came from i thought that that was my favorite part yeah exactly that's exactly what i would have mentioned as well because i feel like the connection from the time that he found like in the the lake the things that was going through his mind and things throughout the story like that's where i got really sucked into this book was during that after that those interactions took place like you could see like the hurt and the feelings he he was having emotions and how it affected his life up until that moment as well and that's where like you mentioned like he writes like Lemire that's some Lemire stuff right there <laughs> he really took some notes on how to find your emotions balls and just kick them in like make you just yeah, feel a flood of feelings and which is yeah. good I mean like I've read comics for so long and it's great to have such a rash of books out like be it saga 
or Grass Kings, anything that Lemire writes, it's good to actually have books that will hit you on an emotional level that's so powerful, you know, because, like, I never really read comic books like that until recently. I think that's why I like, like, books like Lemire is because they're almost all emotional, and when you get, like, the books with Kent like this, most of his books are about spies, but then you find a book like this, I mean, it still has a little bit of it in there, but he he pulls you along with like this this drama and i was like wow it's so good man it's really good i love this watercolor coloring style that jenkins does in this book i don't know what it is about it it just kind of really hits that rural feeling for me that just i don't know kind of just makes it like an odd perfect beautiful in my opinion like i really like the watercolor style art coloring you know what's crazy is like i never i didn't know i happened to read black badge i think the first two trades before i actually jumped into this book and i didn't put the two together and man he does it in that book too but i think this one's a little more like water you know like splashes every so often on different parts of the art and stuff and i think that's it's it's a good look man it's a it's a good book it's a good written drawn and colored i mean what more can i say it does it just helps give it that rustic feel and look to it i mean i like really got to give them props on the water coloring you almost feel like you're in the trailer park right yeah i'm gonna get tetanus any second now <laughs> what did you step on a nail probably man you look at that place Either that or scratch your arm on one of them trucks or aluminum siding. I mean, that's a tetanus farm, brother. <laughs> yeah. You got, you got, like, women walking around with shotguns and stuff and shooting stuff and police officers telling them that, you know, maybe she get a chance to shoot the, the guy in the back of the car. So you get all that stuff there. Uh, yeah. That's that type of... That, that's freedom. That's some Larry the Cable Guy shit. Get her done. Get her done. <laughs> He's like, boy, I got right to bare arms. That's why I got my shirt sleeves cut off. That, that <laughs> Did you really say that? <laughs> no, I, I just said that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, I never actually watched any of his stuff. I just remember him. He was like the fat version of Stone Cold is what I always thought whenever I saw him on TV. I'm like, who's this fat Stone Cold? <laughs> But yeah, that was Grass Kings, and man, it's it's a special read. It's one of these books that'll really just, you know, get to you and really touch you. And Sounds a little sexual. Hit you in those emotional feels. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I'm still trying to get you my groove back. it gets to you and it kind of touches you. <laughs> kind of touches you. Uh, so you got any last words you want to say no, about Grass I'm, King's Fredwick? I'm just surprised, word? like, when I read the book Grass King's, it had nothing to do with grass. Yeah, you'd figure, like, the, um, there would at least be, like, one joint, but no, everybody just gets drunk all the time. It's like, come on, man. Like, Yeah, I, I would have figured, like, somebody driving around on John Deere tractors, maybe a beer in his hand or something, but no, that's not what you get. <laughs> um. So don't, I mean, don't ever let the title fool you. You can find me at JohnnyAlpha81 on Twitter, and my YouTube channel is Graphic Vandalism. Yeah, and you can find me at ComicsFred, and you can find the podcast at NerdsFrom. We don't hate if you trade weight. We out. Yeah.